Everyone loves to listen to a good book, and there are so many wonderful ones to choose, so we decided to bring you this podcast of Stories Come to Life. Each episode features a story from either classic or modern literature, especially chosen to be interesting and exciting to hear. So sit back, relax, and listen to this story come to life. Welcome to Stories Come to Life. I am your host, Catherine Lopez Luker. It is with great pleasure that I am able to announce that Simon & Schuster Publishing Company has given permission for this book to be read out loud and shared on Stories Come to Life until June 30th, 2024. But of course, the episodes that fall under that special permission will all be taken down on that date, so listen now while they're available. Nancy Drew really owes a large debt of gratitude to Lara Pendleton, who saved her life out on Moon Lake. So, she is happy to do something to help the girl escape from her cruel guardian. Nancy decides to visit Jacob Aborn and see if she can find out some way to help Lara. Nancy's resourceful bravery comes in handy as she makes her daring plans. Now sit back, relax, and listen to this story come to life. Nancy Drew Mystery Stories The Bungalow Mystery Chapter 9 Nancy's Plan At breakfast the following morning, Nancy Drew was gratified to observe that Lara Pendleton appeared happier and less nervous than on the night before. A little color had crept into her thin cheeks, and in the bright gown which Nancy had loaned her, she looked like a different girl. Did you sleep well? Nancy inquired as the two sat down at the breakfast table. Much better than I have for the past week. I guess I can't help worrying about things. You have a great deal to trouble you, Laura, Nancy said quietly, after Hannah had deposited a plate of waffles before the girls and had returned to the kitchen. I've been thinking about what you told me last night, trying to find a way to help you. I was overwrought, Nancy. I shouldn't have inflicted my trouble upon you. Lara, don't you understand that you're not inflicting anything upon me? Nancy questioned gently. I owe you a debt greater than I can pay. You're welcome to remain here as long as you will. And I believe I know of a way to help you. You haven't changed your mind about going back to live with your guardian. Oh, no. I will not go back unless I'm forced to it. Good. Then I'll tell you of my plan. I am anxious to talk with your guardian again. You write a letter to him, and I'll deliver it. That will give me my chance. Aren't you afraid to go near him? Nancy shook her head. He may harm you. He wouldn't dare. Oh, you don't know that man, Nancy. If he thinks you helped me escape, he may do anything. He'll not learn anything from me, Lara, and by talking with him, I may learn something important. Will you write the note? Yes, if you're determined to go through with it. It's the only way I know of meeting him again, Lara. But the risk. I don't believe I'll be in any real danger. Jacob Aborn's cottage is located in an isolated spot, Nancy. If anything should happen to you, 
there would be no one to help you. I'll be cautious. There's another reason I hate to have you go, Laura added with a troubled frown. I'm afraid my guardian will find out where I'm staying. Then he'll come after me. I'll take care that Mr. Aborn doesn't learn you're staying with me. When do you want me to write the letter, Nancy? Any time this morning. I'll wait until afternoon before I start for Melrose Lake. That will give the roads a chance to dry. The two girls finished their breakfast and then went to the study, where Nancy helped Lara compose the letter to Jacob Aborn. What shall I say? Lara questioned. Tell him that you refuse to accept him as your guardian, Nancy dictated, and that you will not return until you have a court order. Oh, yes, it may be well to add that you've placed the matter in the hands of a lawyer. That's really the truth, because I know father will take your case just as soon as he gets back from St. Louis. Jacob Aborn will just go wild when he gets this letter. Let him. I'm curious to see how he will react. How about the jewels I brought with me? Shall I put them in the safe now? Yes, we'll do it right away. They're probably safe enough in the house, but we'll take no chances. Lara hurried upstairs and soon returned with a small parcel, which she handed to Nancy. The latter opened the wall safe, and after placing the package inside the tiny vault, closed the door and turned the dial. Father and I are the only persons who have the combination, she explained to Lara, so I know your jewels will be perfectly safe. Directly after luncheon, Nancy drew prepared to depart on her mission. Somewhat reluctantly, Lara said goodbye, and it was evident that she was afraid to have her friend visit Jacob Aborn. Do be careful, she warned. I will, Nancy promised. When shall I look for you back? Oh, late this afternoon or early tonight. I'll make the trip as quickly as I can. But I imagine the roads will be rough, and that will slow me down some. If anything should happen that I can't get back tonight, I'll telephone. I'll worry every minute you're away. Oh, you mustn't do that, Nancy chided her. Try to enjoy yourself. You'll find a number of interesting books in the library. And if you want anything, just ask Hannah. I will, Lara returned soberly. Then I'm off. With a friendly wave of her hand, Nancy Drew guided the roadster down the driveway. After weaving her way through city traffic, she reached the outskirts and took the road to Melrose Lake. Poor Lara, she thought as she drove along. She's so nervous and worn out. I don't wonder when she has so much to bother her. I hope I can help. As Nancy Drew considered Jacob Aborn's strange attitude toward his ward, a troubled look came into her eyes. She could not understand the man's unkindness to Lara, for certainly she was a lovable girl. And was it really true that the Pendleton estate had dwindled to a paltry $15,000? I intend to find out for myself if I can, she told herself resolutely. It strikes me there's something rather peculiar going on at Jacob Aborn's bungalow. Aside from her desire to help Lara, the girl's problems had caught Nancy's interest. She had taken a dislike to Jacob Aborn the first time she had met him and had sensed his eagerness to get Lara to his bungalow at Melrose Lake. 
Even before she had learned what had happened there, she had been suspicious of the man. His bad manners and occasional slips of grammar puzzled her a bit. There's something strange about those midnight excursions of his, too. I wonder what he carries in the bundle Lara was telling me about. In spite of her eagerness to reach the bungalow, Nancy Drew was forced to travel slowly, for although the road was practically dry, it was extremely rough. She jounced about uncomfortably in the seat. After a time, she came to the Melrose Lake detour. As she turned down the narrow winding road, she found it necessary to go even more slowly. Few automobiles had passed over the road, and it was in worse condition than the one she had just left. In places where a canopy of trees prevented the rays of the sun from striking, the ground was still wet. At least I won't need to worry about getting the car splashed, Nancy chuckled. The blue roadster was blue in name only, for the mud of the day before still clung to it. There had been no time between trips to have it washed. Presently, Nancy approached the spot where the pine tree had fallen, and to her satisfaction, she saw that it had been pulled to one side so that the road was no longer obstructed. Now, as she drew near the turnoff, which she must take in order to reach the Aborn bungalow, she drove more slowly, lest she inadvertently miss it. Sighting the road, she turned into it. She had gone but a few rods when she chanced to look toward the right. Through the trees, she caught a glimpse of a man walking rapidly away from the road. He carried a small bundle under his arm. Jacob Aborn, Nancy exclaimed. Impulsively, she switched off the motor of her roadster and sprang to the ground. Chapter 10 The Mysterious Bungalow Abandoning her automobile, Nancy Drew hurried across the road and without an instant's hesitation plunged into the thicket, where she had just caught a fleeting glimpse of a man she believed to be Jacob Aborn. She had acted upon the impulse of the moment and had not stopped to consider what might be the outcome of her daring. Fortunately, the man had failed to note the approach of Nancy's roadster and was unaware that he was being followed. Without turning his head or looking back, he trudged down a path which led deeper into the forest. Although Nancy was unable to see the man's face, she recalled the peculiar stoop of his shoulders and his manner of walking. There was no doubt in her mind as to his identity. Even had he not been carrying a small bundle, she would have been certain that it was Lara's guardian. I wonder where he's going with that package, she questioned herself. Here's where I place Luth and see what I can find out. Following at a safe distance, she managed to keep the man in sight. He walked swiftly through the timber. Once, however, as a stick crackled under Nancy's feet, he turned and looked back. Only by ducking behind a bush did Nancy save herself from detection. Jacob Aborn listened intently for a moment and then, muttering to himself, continued through the forest. I'd better be more careful if I don't want to get caught, Nancy warned herself. After that, she trailed Jacob Aborn more cautiously, keeping farther back. Where was the man going? Certainly not to his bungalow on the lake, for Lara had told her that it was in the opposite direction. 
Presently, Nancy saw him disappear behind a clump of bushes. When she reached the spot, the man had vanished. In vain, she looked about in all directions. Jacob Aborn seemed to have disappeared into thin air. That's strange, she murmured. I'm sure he came this way. It occurred to her that possibly the man had become aware that he was being followed and had hidden in the bushes to watch. The thought made Nancy uneasy, for she realized that unwittingly she might walk into a trap. While she was not exactly afraid of Jacob Aborn, she had no desire to have him learn that she was spying upon him. Alert for possible danger, she moved forward with the utmost caution. She paused frequently to listen, but there was no sound in the bushes. What had become of Jacob Aborn? With great caution, the girl moved from one bush to another. She looked at all the trees in the vicinity, but not one of them hid the form of the man. Gracious, it looks as if he's been swallowed alive, thought the girl. She examined the ground, almost expecting that there would be some cave or secret tunnel in that vicinity. But the ground was firm, and in many places very rocky. Not knowing what to think of the strange disappearance, she went forward slowly and cautiously, following the general direction the man had previously taken. Then, unexpectedly, Nancy Drew plunged through the bushes and stepped out into a tiny clearing. To her amazement, she saw before her a small bungalow which had fallen into a state of decay. The windows had all been boarded up, and the roof sagged. The yard was choked with weeds. One good gust of wind would blow the place over, Nancy told herself. This can't be the Aborn bungalow where Lara lived with her guardian. I wonder who owns the place. She stood in the shadow of the trees, curiously surveying the structure. A suspicion began to creep into her mind. Was it possible that Jacob Aborn had entered the building? If not, what could have become of him? Nancy was certain that he was not in the forest, for there was no sound in the bushes. What would Jacob Aborn be doing here, she wondered. There's something peculiar about it. Just then, Nancy chanced to glance down toward the ground. Directly ahead, in the soft earth, she saw the print of a man's shoe. Instantly, her suspicions were confirmed. She was firmly convinced that Jacob Aborn had come this way. I'll just have a look at that bungalow, she decided. With a quick glance about to make certain that she was not being watched, Nancy hurried toward the cottage. As she approached, a large sign at the front of the building brought her up short. The placard, which was printed in bold, uneven letters, read, Keep off this property! Nancy studied the warning, a trifle uncertainly, and then shrugged her shoulders. I'm not afraid. It will take more than a sign to scare me away. The bungalow appeared deserted, but Nancy suspected that Jacob Aborn was somewhere in the vicinity, for otherwise she could not account for his sudden disappearance. She must keep a sharp watch for danger, she told herself. It would not do to be caught spying. Lara had warned her that her guardian was a dangerous man when aroused. 
Tiptoeing across the front porch, Nancy quietly tried the door. It was locked. Undaunted, she proceeded to the rear door and found that it was likewise securely fastened. Although disappointed, she was unwilling to give up. Making a complete circuit of the bungalow, she saw a window from which several boards had fallen. Returning to the rear of the building, she found a small box and dragged it to a position directly beneath the window. By standing upon it, she would be able to peer into the bungalow. With a last cautious glance in all directions, to assure herself that her actions had not been observed, Nancy Drew mounted the box. Pressing her face against the glass, she gazed inside. The room into which she looked was bare of furniture and covered with dust, but there was nothing unusual in its condition. Any house which had been deserted for several months would have appeared similar. I wish I could get inside, Nancy thought. She was about to climb down from the box when a strange feeling came over her. Though she had heard no sound, she sensed that unfriendly eyes were watching her every move. Before she could turn around and look over her shoulder, a coarse, angry voice barked into her ear. What are you doing here? In surprise and fright, Nancy Drew nearly fell from the box. She wheeled and faced Jacob Aborn. Chapter 11 Ordered Away What are you doing here? Jacob Aborn repeated harshly. His eyes burned with rage, and for an instant, Nancy Drew believed that he intended to strike her. With as much dignity as she could command, she stepped down from the box and regarded him coldly. Why, just at the moment, as you probably observed, I happened to be looking in at the window, she said easily. Although outwardly calm, Nancy was doing some rapid thinking. She realized that she had placed herself in an awkward position and must keep her wits about her. As she answered Jacob Aborn, her tone of voice infuriated him more than ever. He came a step nearer, his eyes blazing. What right have you to be looking into other people's houses? I was merely curious, Nancy replied. I didn't know the bungalow was inhabited. Who says it is? Mr. Aborn demanded. Nancy thought that an expression of alarm had come over his face. Get away from here. This is private property. Your property? Nancy inquired. It's none of your business whose property it is. You have no right here. Can't you read signs? It seems to me I did see one at the front of the bungalow. Then if you know what's good for you, get away from here. As Nancy made no move to depart, Jacob Aborn became more abusive. Get away from this bungalow, I tell you. I want no sneak thieves around. Now, just a minute, Mr. Aborn. Nancy's voice was quiet, but it held a quality which warned the man he had gone too far. I'll not permit you to call me a sneak thief. When you get through ranting around, I'll tell you why I came. Huh, it's probably a trumped-up story. I thought you might be interested to learn what became of your ward, Lara Pendleton. But since you don't wish... She turned as though to move away. 
although she had no intention of doing so. As she expected, Jacob Aborn's curiosity was aroused. Hold on there, he stopped her. You say you have news of Lara? If you're ready to listen, I'll tell you. I came to Melrose Lake this afternoon to see you. I was driving toward your bungalow when I saw you walking through the woods. I stopped my car and followed. You followed me? Jacob Aborn hissed. His face had suddenly become convulsed with anger. Oh, I lost track of you in the timber, Nancy said hastily. I came to this bungalow, and I didn't know where you had gone. Watching the man closely, she saw that his tension relaxed somewhat. Evidently, he had been afraid that she had learned too much. What about Lara? he demanded. I was coming to that. I have a note which she asked me to deliver to you. Hand it over. Nancy fumbled in her pocketbook, and at last produced the letter which she and Lara had composed. Jacob Aborn snatched it from her hand and eagerly ripped open the envelope. As he read the message, Nancy Drew watched him closely. Now that he was no longer attempting to mask his emotions, she observed that his face was hard and cruel. No wonder Lara hated him. As Nancy studied the man, she noticed with a start that his bundle was gone. What had become of it? He had been carrying it only a few minutes before. She wondered where he could have hidden it so quickly. The message did not add to Jacob Aborn's good humor. As he scanned the letter, an expression of bitter hatred settled over his face, and his eyes narrowed to mere slits. So, Lara turned her case over to a lawyer, has she? He snarled. A lot of good it'll do her. He wheeled upon Nancy. Tell me where she is. I can't tell you that. You know where she is, all right. Perhaps I do, and perhaps I don't. You induced her to run away, the man snarled. I did not. Lara ran away of her own accord. She said you were unkind to her. Bah! Lara is ungrateful. I'm doing all I can for her because of my friendship with her mother. This is the way she repays me? Nancy made no response, and Jacob Aborn continued angrily. That's what I get for taking in a poverty-stricken orphan. You say she told you I didn't treat her kindly? Yes, she did. She told you a lie. I've treated her like my own child. I've given her everything. Now I'll tell you something about that ward of mine. A crafty light came into Jacob Aborn's eyes. At times, she's a wee bit unbalanced. Thinks folks don't treat her right. Indeed? Yes, Lara's mighty queer. It's for her own good that I must get her back. She needs the care of someone who loves her. Now you're her friend and want to help her. You can do it if you will. How? By telling me where she is. Nancy laughed shortly. I'll not tell you a thing. I can see through your little scheme. You want to get your hands on Lara's money. Money? The man cried scornfully. If it wasn't for me, Lara wouldn't have a cent. The estate has dwindled to almost nothing. It's only out of the kindness of my heart that I took her in. How much did the estate amount to? Nancy questioned shrewdly. Can't say offhand, but there's nothing left now. 
Laura's a pauper. And what's more, she's a thief. A thief? Yes, that's what I said. When she left here, she took some valuable jewels with her. They belong to me, and I want them back. For an instant, Nancy Drew was aghast. However, she had faith in Lara and believed in her honesty. She was a keen judge of character, and a look into Jacob Aborn's face convinced her that he was lying. How dare you say anything like that about Lara, she cried angrily. It's the truth. By refusing to tell me where she is, you're harboring a criminal. Lara, a criminal? That's ridiculous. Lara is my ward. I have a legal right to her. Will you tell me where she is? I gave you my answer once. I will not. Oh, you won't, eh? Well, I'll find her all right, and when I do, I'll turn the police on her. Now, get away from here. As Nancy hesitated, uncertain what to do, Jacob Aborn picked up a stick from the ground and started toward her menacingly. Move, he ordered harshly. Nancy drew back away, for she saw that he intended to harm her if she continued to defy him. Turning, she ran swiftly toward the timber. Hey, come back here, exclaimed Jacob Aborn. Come back. I want to talk to you. Nancy paused in her flight. What do you want now? Perhaps we can come to terms. What kind of terms? I might make it worth your while to tell me all about Lara, the man said ingratiatingly. Oh, indeed. If that's the sort of person you are, Mr. Aborn, you'll get nothing out of me, returned Nancy indignantly. Then you clear out and clear out quick, roared the irate man, and took several steps toward her, flourishing his stick menacingly. You dare touch me and you'll wish you hadn't, returned Nancy defiantly. Yet she thought that prudence would be the better part of valor, and so she kept on toward the timber and was soon out of sight of that man who kept gazing after her in a manner that showed his evil disposition. Chapter 12 Nancy Bides Her Time Not until she reached the blue roadster, which stood waiting at the edge of the forest, did Nancy Drew pause in her flight. As she climbed into the automobile, she cast a glance over her shoulder and was relieved to see that Jacob Aborn had not followed her. I believe that man intended to strike me, she thought grimly. He became positively vicious when I refused to tell him where Lara is. It's plain that he intends to get her back if he can, and it's up to me to prevent it. I'm not sure what his game is, but I intend to find it out. Nancy started the motor, and after backing around in the narrow road, drove slowly toward the main highway. She felt that she had made a number of important discoveries concerning Lara's queer guardian, but just how she could utilize the information she did not know. She was inclined to believe that there was something rather mysterious about the deserted bungalow in the woods. What was Jacob Aborn doing in the vicinity, and why had he been so afraid that she would investigate the place? He's up to mischief, that's certain, she told herself, and it bodes no good for Lara Pendleton. Not for a minute did Nancy Drew believe the charges Jacob Aborn had made against his ward. 
she was convinced that he had made them in order to induce her to tell him where Lara had gone. I don't know what to do, she thought. I don't want to leave Melrose Lake until I have learned something that will help Lara. Unless I do, that man may find out she is staying with me and force her to return. I suppose he would have a legal right to do that. As Nancy drove slowly along the road, she turned the perplexing problem over in her mind. At last an idea came to her. Why didn't I think of it before? I'll go to one of the hotels on the lake and engage a room. Then, after it gets dark, I'll do a little investigating. Nancy recalled that Lara had told her there were several nice hotels a few miles farther on, and at once she determined to stop at the first one she came to. Presently, she approached the Beach Cliff Hotel, and as it appeared satisfactory, she registered and engaged a comfortable room overlooking the lake. I must telephone home, Nancy decided. If I don't, Lara will be worried to death. Accordingly, she placed a long-distance call to River Heights, and after a short wait, heard Hannah's voice at the other end of the wire. In response to her request, Lara was called to the telephone. Nancy explained quickly where she was, and that she intended to investigate Jacob Aborn's cottage as soon as it grew dark. There was a pause, and then Lara's anxious voice reached her. Oh, Nancy, I'm afraid to have you try that. I'm sure I've struck a clue, Lara, and it would be foolish of me to come home without investigating. Do be careful. I will, Nancy promised. Has father come back from St. Louis yet? No, he hasn't returned. Nancy was disappointed, for she had wished to ask his advice. Then I guess that's all, she told Lara. When will you get back to River Heights? I don't know, Lara. It all depends on what I discover. If I don't telephone again within 24 hours, send the police to Jacob Aborn's bungalow looking for me. Just then, the telephone operator warned Nancy that her time was up and she hastily hung up the receiver. Glancing at her watch, she saw that it was five o'clock. At least three hours to wait, Nancy sighed. She sank down in a comfortable chair and attempted to read a magazine, but soon gave it up. She realized that the adventure before her was apt to prove a dangerous one. Although unafraid, she was somewhat nervous and waited impatiently for nightfall. I wish I had brought Dad's revolver, she thought. I may need it before I get through. It was Nancy's plan to visit Jacob Aborn's residence on the lake, and, if she had sufficient time, the deserted bungalow she had accidentally noticed in the forest. She did not know what she expected to discover. She knew only that she was playing a hunch, and that frequently her swift impressions were correct. At six o'clock, she went downstairs for dinner. As she sat alone at a small table in one corner of the room, many diners regarded her with interest, for Nancy Drew was an unusually attractive girl, and the prospect of a daring adventure had brought a becoming flush to her cheeks. Upon leaving the dining room, she loitered about the veranda for a few minutes, 
watching the dancers, gazing at the lake, and enjoying the music of the orchestra. But she soon went to her own room. The moment it became dark enough for her purpose, she left the hotel and called for her roadster, which she had parked at a garage only a short distance away. Eagerly, she set off toward Jacob Aborn's bungalow. Lara had told her how to reach the house. There were two means of approach, one from the lake road and one through the forest. Nancy selected the latter road, believing it to be more secluded. As she drew near the bungalow, she turned the automobile out of the road and ran it into a clump of bushes where it would not be seen. Switching off the engine and locking the doors, she took her flashlight and set off afoot through the woods toward the lake. Catching her first glimpse of the bungalow, Nancy was impressed. What a beautiful summer home, she thought. If only Jacob Aborn were different, how happy Lara might have been here. Continuing through the woods, Nancy cautiously approached the house from the rear. Pausing in the shadow of the trees, she hesitated uncertainly. If Jacob Aborn catches me here, there's no telling what he'd do to me, she thought uneasily. The windows of the bungalow were dark. That suited Nancy's purpose, for she had no intention of attempting to enter the home if Jacob Aborn were at home. Although courageous, she was not foolhardy. Now that she had reached the bungalow, Nancy asked herself what course she should follow. She comprehended the risk she must take if she entered the house. Should Jacob Aborn catch her in the act, he would probably cause her arrest. Would it be wise to take the chance? I'll try it anyway, she decided resolutely. I must help Lara. With a quick glance about to make sure that there was no one in the vicinity to observe her actions, she darted across the clearing and came to the side door. Gently turning the handle, she found the door locked. I'll get in through a window, she thought. An investigation of several windows on the ground floor revealed that they too were securely fastened. Nancy was troubled until she recalled that Lara had told her she had left the window of her room unfastened. From her description, Nancy thought she could locate the room and effect an entrance. After a complete tour of the house, she paused below a window, which she believed must be the one Lara had mentioned. Glancing up, she noticed a rose trellis, which reached from the ground floor to the second floor. Making a critical examination, she decided that it would be strong enough to bear her weight. As quietly as possible, she climbed the trellis. The fragile structure wobbled and creaked, but did not give way. Slightly out of breath, Nancy reached the window ledge. Trying the window, she found to her delight that it could be raised easily. She crawled through and switched on her flashlight. She knew at once that she was in Lara's room, for in her flight, the girl had left nearly all of her possessions behind. However, there was no time to look around, for as Nancy tiptoed across the room, she was startled to hear a peculiar noise. Halting abruptly, she listened. To her ears came the 
unmistakable sound of a heavy footstep on the stairway. Someone was coming! Nancy feared that she was trapped. There was not sufficient time for her to climb through the window and descend the trellis. Was it possible that Jacob Aborn was in the house after all? The darkened windows had led her to believe that he was away, and in climbing up the trellis, she had not been as quiet as she might have been. Perhaps he was coming to find out the cause of the noise. The thought struck her with terror. Desperately, she looked around for a hiding place. She saw a closet and darted toward it. Scarcely had she stepped inside and closed the door when she heard the footsteps coming toward Lara's room. Frantically, Nancy Drew switched off her flashlight and crouched in a far corner behind a mass of dresses. Scarcely daring to breathe, she waited. This is your host, Catherine Lopez Luker. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Stories Come to Life. Be sure to join us next time when we continue to listen to the bungalow mystery. You can find a link to our podcast on the Marshall Public Library webpage, www.marshallpl.org. I'll talk to you again soon.